Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host, this installment of Blunt Business is presented by the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's coming to Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th. You can learn more at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Thanks for joining us here on Blunt Business. This week, we're here to talk with a cannabis advocate, lobbyist for social change, and an entrepreneur with a passion for health and wellness. And I'll tell you, read so many different stories and, and just reading up about this uh, individual, I'm very impressed and I, I mean, Another wonderful story that really shows passion and a lot of ambition and enthusiasm for the business. And when you live for the business and the business lives through you, these kind of stories are very touching and very important. And so I'm very thankful and I'm honored to go ahead and bring aboard. Please welcome Andrea, Andrea Brooks. She is the CEO and co-founder of Sava. Andrea, thanks for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. My pleasure. Let's get started with your story. Let me just, I, I, there's a, I, I could never do justice by the story you had gone through, but I'll do what I can just to give some context, first of all, before I ask you, just to get started things. Now, originally you suffered a dis- disabling injury that led doctors to tell you that you would never work again. I don't even know how, to, how you would be able to handle that kind of uh, prognosis, but Using cannabis and a wellness regimen, you recovered and you were inspired to start a marketplace that showcases these products. And your frustration with the side of prescription pain medications really, really channeled and fueled your passion to make this project possible. Now, you were asked about this on the Maria and Jane podcast, and you said this, quote, I quickly learned about how severe chronic pain can affect every component of your life. So not only did I lose my career and had to resign from the boards, but I was serving on, I couldn't really interact with my community or be social or at the different things that gave me joy. And it really felt like my life really felt like my life stopped. I stutter there because that's, I'm telling you that, that, that was, that hit the heart. Talk to me about how often, do you still recall that time period, how it fuels you, like I said, to make you do what you do in the cannabis space today? Yeah, I mean, that is something, you know, even when I hear myself talk about it, I sometimes still can't believe it was real, but it was very real and I lived it. 
Um, I'm very glad I've been able and grateful I've been able to move through it. Although I also still have, you know, challenges that I have to deal with with my body. Um, but it was a really dark time. Um, and you know, the reason that, you know, doctors were telling me that I couldn't work again was because, you know, the injury I had created a lot of nerve damage. So I was having a lot of difficulty with my hands and my arms and dropping things and just such incredible pain. Um, and you know, it's just, it, it just couldn't, it didn't fully feel real. And then, you know, as it goes on, you're, I'm like, this is, re- this is my life. Like, is this really what's happening to me? Like this cannot be what's happening. Um, you know, and I previous thought of myself as young and healthy, you know, I've always been into nutrition. I've taken pretty good care of myself. And then, you know, something just knocked me down. I assumed I would get back up pretty quickly, but I couldn't. Um, We've heard this yeah. story a few different times. This is a different uh, st- a different story to tell. Uh, real quickly, just for my own sake, uh, how much time between the time that you were diagnosed and how much time of this cannabis and wellness regimen did you do in order to get yourself to the spot where you decided to go ahead, get back to functioning into the business world and start off with Saba? I mean, it still took time. So, you know, it was about um, a year and a half to, you know, after my injury when I even started exploring alternative things like cannabis. And then I did start using, you know, in 2012 um, is when I started exploring it more and being able to wean myself off of the pain medications, which was amazing. But it was still a road to recovery. Um you know, and then I started having the inklings of the business in 2014, and then we brought it to life um, in 2015. But it really, you know, the spark was, you know, having someone who could explain cannabis to me. I was very lucky. I basically had, you know, a personal farmer that was growing things and educating me and, you know, really have, you know, I wanted, once I recovered and, you know, my life was transformed by this plant. So then I started wondering how I can replicate this for other people and why did it take me so long to come to cannabis? You know, why was it, why is it not a go-to? Why is it not something to be thinking about right away with regards specifically to like what was going on with me, chronic pain, as well as many other um, issues that people are suffering from. So, you know, it was pretty mind blowing to me because I wasn't very familiar with cannabis. I didn't realize it could have this type of, impact um mainstream mass, kind of, i'll tell you the mainstream press yeah. and mainstream media just don't do justice where if this story if your story got told more and, and i see just you know just through integrity just through what you've done there's real i can feel that with what you're saying and i could just say that if this story could get spread out much more even besides this meager show here and get the word out to more people i mean i can only imagine how much more support though behind of what really does happen with this plan because people are just there there are those underlying forces that are trying to keep this industry down but this is the kind of story that is envisioning and is powerful and is uplifting and it's it's hope major hope for many people and that's with your business you're making that all possible so you and amanda dens you co-founded sava and now she was a web design and was leading a web design and digital marketing firm before you both came on board to help launch the site with you and you having an invaluable skill set of writing, design, and front of well building. So talk to me about how you both have been able to create 
this perfect balance in sharing a top-level leadership, from what I've researched, it sounds like you're both in lockstep in terms of vision, passion, and ambition for this project. Yeah, I mean, it's what, you know, a lot of what I realized, um, you know, I initially had um, the idea myself and eventually approached Amanda to work with me on it, um, but it did go through different iterations, you know, initially I had a different name and I was talking with a different partner and, you know, um, there was also an additional um, co-founder at the beginning, also Megan Zori. And, but once it was, it was a great learning lesson to me that like, you know, I, I felt like this idea was right. I, you know, I, I felt it in my gut. I was like, this is what I'm doing, but there's a lot of things that need to come into place when, you know, starting a startup, starting a business, you know, and having the right team is really critical. And it was really once, you know, I connected with Amanda to be um, the person who was going to spearhead the site development that things really took off and took off really quickly. You know, I had my first conversation with her in September of 2015. And then, you know, we launched, um, a, you know, a MVP version of the site in 2000, in December of 2015. So we, you know, from us talking to, you know, getting the site live was just a three month runway. Um, and we just, it just took off once we started working together. And and so it goes. We're going to go ahead and follow that path as to where you've gone here with Sava. And talk about some of your philosophy, which I think is very commendable. And some of the things you're dealing with because you are based in California. Just go through some of the things that I'm sure that you as business owners are also dealing with as well through a lot of different things. I want to get your comments on that. So again, I'm here with Andrea Brooks, the CEO and co-founder of Sava here on Blunt Business. We're going to continue more with uh, more questions with Andrea in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you again about all the wonderful things that are going on with the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. It's coming up very soon in Miami, Florida. You can go ahead and learn more at usccexpo.com. We have a number of speakers right now that are already reaching out and you're learning more about what's going on every day we're going to get an agenda that's uh if it's not already been sent out so far if you haven't seen it yet go look at the website usccexpo.com learn everything you need to know about our event that's coming up great event going on we'll have lots of speakers great keynote addresses uh we also know of a, a cultivation workshop we're going to be holding on Friday, August 2nd, prior to the actual beginning of the show. Patients, you get a chance to see a medical doctor for evaluation. Get your medical marijuana card. Doctors, take the evaluation, the physical training and certification program, and learn how to become a certified medical marijuana physician. So much more. That is August 3rd and 4th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. You can learn more at usccexpo.com, usccexpo.com. Make sure to join us there. I'll be there. I hope you are too. Back more with Andrea Brooks in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
the National Cannabis Industry Association's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo returns to San Jose, California's McInerney Convention Center July 22nd through the 24th. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com and take part in the most influential, award-winning cannabis conference and trade show hosted by the cannabis industry's only national trade association. NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit and Expo offers attendees three days of engagement and interactive programs. Arrive early so you can participate in our pre-conference workshops and off-site tours. Join hundreds upon hundreds of exhibitors and thousands upon thousands of attendees at NCIA's 6th Annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo, July 22nd to the 24th in San Jose, California. Register today at CannabisBusinessSummit.com. That's CannabisBusinessSummit.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches, allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z dot com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm here with Andrea Brooks, the CEO and co-founder of Salva here on Blunt Business. So, Andrea, in an interview with Forbes magazine, which they did a great job profiling both of you, uh, they stated that Salva favors suppliers who employ sustainable practices in growing manufacturing and packaging and actively support the LGBTQ plus community and advocate advocate for animal welfare. Talk me about the importance of these those three stipulations and the level of support the cannabis industry shows to some of the causes that you publicly support. Yeah, well, I'll talk, um, I'll definitely dive into that first one um, and really go, go deep there. You know, I think there's a lot of change, you know, with regards to the regulation in this industry and you know, we, we've now seen with all of the packaging and all of the processing, you know, the industry is becoming in a way less green because we have to, you know, package things we're required and thus there's a lot of waste and that, you know, witnessing that is definitely pretty painful for um, me and the team. We're all in, you know, passionate about the environment. We want to be building a business that's helpful to people, but also helpful to the planet on the whole. So what we've started doing, you know, we have a pretty robust curation process that we use when we bring on new brands that includes using focus groups and um, evaluating all the points of how the product is made. But we also really look at the packaging and want to, you know, see a company that's being thoughtful about how they're using this. And that could be working with them to help setting up their first recycling program. So those are things that we're doing because there is a lot of plastic. Um, there's a limitation of, you know, what types of packaging companies can be using. I think we'll start to see more and more um, options in terms of sustainable packaging in the next couple of years, which I'm thrilled about. But for right now, I want to make sure that a company is being mindful of that, that they're choosing packaging that can be recyclable, or if not, that, you know, if it's something we're super jazzed about, then we will say, you know, we want to bring on this product, but I want to see that this is something that's starting to get baked in. And that could be that we pilot the first recycling program that a brand has, which is, you know, 
for example, collecting empty containers when our delivery drivers bring the next delivery and bringing that back to our headquarters so we can give it to the brand to deal with. So I think it's really critical, um, you know, for, for us to set a standard of how we think the cannabis industry can be. And we do that in many different ways. We do that with our education. We do that with the way that we train our staff. But it also we need to incorporate that in the way that we work with companies and make sure that they're building on sustainable practices as well. And really, you know, we want to be a part of driving that change. And I think, you know, most people, they don't want to pollute, but we all, people are swamped. People are trying to survive. We've all gone through so much in the last couple of years. And we have to make sure that this is an important part of all of this and that we're not creating more waste you know, there's, there's a way to be helping people, to be running a business, to be educating and to be, you know, bringing out sustainable practices that are good for the planet. I mean, I do think there's quite a bit that's being done when it comes to the growing process, when everything's being manufactured, a lot of lab testing, a lot of results being done with where, and I know there's some, there's always been, there's been some critics I've heard and I've talked to, you know, uh, off the record about some of the issues when it comes to, uh, in areas like California or some other larger markets or even Canada as well, where the issues of the growing and what kind of uh, testing regulations would be done and the packaging as well, which there are those where, I mean, I know for me, there has to be some kind of a, a consensus on finding packaging that's very usable, that's very, that really exposes your brand, really makes it stand out, really identifies your product, but meanwhile, making it where it is organically made, it's recyclable. It's something that will uh, can also just really work well with the environment. And like you said, sustainability across all different parameters of the seed to sale process. I know people are talking about it more and it's just, you know, it's a matter of really staying on top. And there's only so much I guess we could do in terms of uh, as uh, those that are business owners and those that are in the space. Then there's the legislators, the regulators. You were recently asked by civilized.com about the biggest challenges facing legal weed in 2019. You spoke about how compliance will keep being a hurdle. You said this, quote, as regulations continue to enroll, compliance will keep being a hurdle we have to overcome. And with increased comfort among investors, the new money flowing into the space will provide both opportunity to get funding as well as fiercer, well-funded competition. Now, as I mentioned, I've, I've really, I've, I've interviewed a number of cannabis owners here in California, and we have spoken ad nauseum. I mean, really, about some of the issues uh, the Bureau of Cannabis Control has dealt with to police compliance issues while handling a black market that has stayed active since adult use legalization. Now, what are your thoughts on how California as a whole has responded to the concerns of compliance? Meanwhile, the investment momentum has not slowed down. Right. Oh, (laughs) California on the whole gets tricky because what we're seeing and what we're continuing to see is, you know, different counties, different cities are all moving at different paces. So, I feel very fortunate, very grateful to be based in San Francisco, where we've had an excellent office of cannabis to work with around our licensing process. I've had colleagues that, you know, don't have that luxury based on the cities. People have had to move around. Um, And, you know, last year, again, last year was the year of transition. That said, here we are in 2019. And... Um, I say this, especially with a focus on legacy business, you know, making these jumps was, were not, it's not easy. It's expensive. It's stressful. You're changing your business model pretty quickly to comply. And there has to be some level of enforcement that then, 
goes hand in hand with that. It's created a lot of confusion and tension because, you know, we all were in a gray area before we got here. But again, when you have, especially when I think about legacy businesses, you know, small businesses that have been around for years that have put in all the elbow grease to be here now, you know, we, I, I always want to keep an eye out and make sure that we're also onboarding those artisan businesses because if you're not well-funded, if you're bootstrapped, you know, maybe you've been getting by and then you have to, you know, navigate all these hurdles. How are you going to remain? And then you have, you know, invest investor money is coming in and there's new people starting businesses and it, it creates, you know, a conflict, but it's also, you know, I want to support the businesses that are doing it the right way. Um, that are, that are true businesses that want to be here for the long haul. Um, so on the whole, you know, I, I do hope that um, the BCC, the Bureau of Cannabis Control, does start looking at enforcement for operators that might be licensed but are just operating, you know, willy-nilly still or not, you know, not in ways that are compliant and also making sure that the businesses that are doing everything in their power to be compliant and make all those changes are supported. You know, it's not something you can do overnight. Um, and I, you know, many people are, you know, doing it as fast as they can because it is a lot of change, but I want, you know, at some point, um, if there's players that are just not acting in the right way, I would hope that there is levels of enforcement because it harms those of us that are doing all the work to be here for real for the long term. Um, and again, I also hope like all the different cities and counties that are behind, you know, catch up. I mean, uh, for, from my perspective and talking with other people, other, you know, colleagues of mine, you know, people are happy, you know, people want to get licensed, want to pay their taxes, want to do these things. These are revenue sources for cities. So at times it's been baffling to me that some of these cities have been so behind because, you know, take our tax money. We want We want to give it to you. You know, right. let, us, let and us all be part of a healthy ecosystem. <laughs> Agreed. And I, I, I got to go ahead and preface this again. I've said this on a couple of the different episodes when it comes to California. There was a New York Times article not that long ago that reported on all of this back on April 27th about the issues of uh, the black market and just some of the obstacles that are there. So from what's reported, it's obvious. Bureau of Cannabis Control, they're getting the complaints over 7,500. They've gone after legal operations. They have they have sent out letters to cease and desist to legal businesses to shut down. I know there was the issue where in San Francisco, and I believe you're in the Bay Area, Mendocino County Sheriff's Office having to go ahead and raid a legal facility that was processing 500 pounds of cannabis a day. Illegal delivery services, dispensaries, some registers, churches, all this is going on. And like you said with the tax, tax uh, issue, the tax relief that the state of California is hoping for, you know, Gavin Newsom came out, the California governor, not that long ago, talking about they got uh, a lesser amount of taxes coming in. So they're going to try to find a way to increase that. So it's a matter of there's a lot more activism that needs to be done across the board to self-regulate this industry in California and to get some of this stuff taken out. And I, I mean, I, I give as much credit as I can to the government to try to help out with this. But again, it is a, a collective effort, I think, that can really make this problem really just fix itself. Uh, yeah. One other, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I mean, I, I hope it, I hope it just starts moving faster. Is what I hope. That's a, I mean, that, that's what we can all hope for. 
Let me move on to another section. A new report from Vangst, V-A-N-G-S-T. It's the largest staffing company in the marijuana space. They surveyed 166 cannabis businesses in 17 states across the USA. They found in their research that 38.5% of the employees questioned self-identified as females. Only 17.6% of these women in cannabis companies are held in an ex- a director or executive role. Again, we've addressed this issue on Blunt Business with a number of female executives that have been on the program with responses ranging from the lack of opportunities to encourage more women to be more vocal when seeking those opportunities. What are your thoughts? Oh, I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really concerned yes. about um, these changes. It's disturbing to me. There was, you know, so much excitement leading the couple years leading up to legalization of, you know, women are going to, you know, can take this industry by storm. And there are a lot of amazing women in leadership positions. Um, and it still is a higher percentage than other industries. But the concern is that it's dropping. Um, I think, you know, with going back to things when we're talking about sustainable business practices um, and things you want to see from in general from companies in the world, I tie that back to all of it is really, you know, we vote with our dollars every single day, um, support the companies you want to see for us. You know, we are a women founded, women led, um, operator, which feels increasingly rare as well. And we really look to support women founded companies. So we make sure that 50% of the products or companies on our site are women founded and owned. And so, You know, for people that want to support those businesses, look at the companies that you're purchasing from. You know, that is partly why we do so much transparency about the different companies. And, you know, to that end, there are amazing companies we work with that are male-founded and male-owned. So we're not, you know, eliminating them from the process, but we're taking an active focus to make sure that female founders in this space have an outlet for their products and that they're able to remain here. And without an active eye to that end, you know, that's where things start falling apart. And you, it's, again, it's voting with your dollars. I think with everything we do, um, it's such a critical part of our life that can create actual change. So we try to make that process also as easy as possible. We're about to relaunch our website and, there will be new icons and new um, information to make it easy to identify which of the companies are women owned um, as well as other pra- like sustainable practices and other things that we think are really important to come to the forefront. So I'm concerned. Um, I make it like my personal mission to make sure that I can be available for support for other women in the industry that, that need it. And I think there has to just, you know, coming together with competitors, we still need to, to build the ecosystem we want to see. And, but that means supporting the companies that are, you know, espousing those values. So it does require, you know, it's like making it as easy as possible for the consumer. So again, it's us doing the heavy lifting and setting the standard of like, we're going to be transparent about who these companies are um, and why you might be more inclined to purchase something from them than a similar other type of company. And I, I totally can em- empathize, and I can totally support where you're going through with, with that all with all you just mentioned. But the other thing most important to me is that for anybody that's working with any business owner, it's it's the performance, it's it's the packaging, the branding, it's the, what that service provides. I look at your website; it's top notch. 
I love your packaging. I love the way you present yourselves and just all your products and your brands. Your app looks amazing. Everything looks wonderful. And I'm sure, you know, if I needed to get in contact again, any kind of products or services delivered to my door or just delivered, you know, in a typical way, it's there. It's good. It's, it's, that's what it comes down to. And you work with a lot of different good companies that are also like-minded. And I think that's what's most important is that you're working with the right people, you're putting out the right products, and it's, just, it's good performance, it's good service. That's what leads to day in every business. And I mean, for me, it's a matter of, I understand, and I mean, for me, it's always trying to wrap around the whole idea of, I would love to be able to make it where it is a perfect world, where there is just a, a true, like, the right people are ahead of the game, or at the top of the game. That's where it should be. But I know that's just a matter of, it's everything comes back to the fact of what you are able to deliver and how people respond to it. And I, I, mean, I always see good responses for it comes to Sava. That's what it comes down to. I want to wrap things up with you, Andrea, in just a moment. We're going to come back with some final questions for you. Thank you again for so much for just being on with us. I'm here again with the CEO and co-founder of Sava, Andrea Brooks, here on Blunt Business. And if you want to learn more, go take a look, look at, her, at the website at getsava.com. Take a look at the brands. Take a look at the services. It's a great website. And also, go look for the app. Of course, you can find it wherever you're uh, is it available both for Android and Apple, correct? Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a mobile, our site is mobile optimized, so it, it'll show up on whatever browser you use. Perfect. And whatever device. There we go. So again, get SAVA.com. Take a look at that while we go to our commercials, and we'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. We're back with final questions with Andrea Brooks, the CEO co-founder of Sava. And now, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat in New York, we all have seen him on the news, and Representative Hakeem Jeffries, also Democrat from New York, 
Uh, they recently announced that they were introducing legislation to federally deschedule cannabis and encourage minority and women participation in the state legal markets. Now, we've seen that being part of as a legislation when people have voted on it state by state to allow minorities, women, and also those that are uh, getting a second chance that might have been in the prison system to get a chance to participate in cannabis itself as a whole. How do you think the industry has done to open the door to encourage more diversity in the talent pool? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm in some, again, uh, I think, some um, subjects I know. Yeah. Um, the industry on the whole, I mean, there's a lot of different individuals that make up this industry, right? So um, I do think there are quite a few individuals and groups that are floating to the top in terms of making sure that this issue stays in front of people. Uh, you know, Supernova Women, that group, that group that's for women of color in cannabis has done an excellent job. Um, there's more people coming, you know, in terms of from a consultant per- side and perspective to make sure that equity doesn't get dropped from the conversation. And again, I also think it's important, um, once again, for retailers and different business owners to set these standards and make sure that they're examining their own company and hiring practices or give back programs to make sure that they're being mindful of these opportunities. So, you know, that goes all over the place. I mean, there's, you know, some, there's companies that are getting an incredible amount of investment where one state over people are still serving time for, you know, minor cannabis offenses. You know, this is not okay. Um, And in terms of, you know, and when someone is coming out of the system from that, you know, they should be granted an opportunity if other people can just come on in right now and make money there, you know, that needs to be, um, that playing field needs to be leveled, but it it is going to take the responsibility of the businesses um, to participate in that. And it's also going to come down, you know, when we're talking about industry, I mean, it goes back to also the other side, which is government and regulators and making sure that cities are addressing this really thoughtfully and working with the local community to make sure any programs and social equity programs that they put in place is actually beneficial and actually accessible and is doing what it's supposed to do. And that takes not just setting up the program, but making sure you're evaluating it regularly um, so that the people that need to benefit from it will. And I think there's, um, I think there's some great starts, but I think this is going to be an issue that will require a lot of continued attention. Agreed. But I mean, the momentum I believe is, is rolling and is trying to increase. And, you know, like I said, when it comes to this program and some of the people I've had a chance to speak to you on the, on the show, I, I do get a chance. I and mean, there's not, as many as I would like to think there are of many in minority or many women that we get to speak here on the program. But when I try to reach out for those, when they, when they do reach out to us or I learn more about the, the opportunity to speak with somebody that gives a much different perspective and obviously talks about this to create an open market for everybody to be a part and participate in this wonderful plant that we're all appreciating all the benefits for them. You are proof positive of that. So I, want to thank you and Amanda and all the work you're doing with Salva. And I just really, you have a great story to tell. I hope that story gets to continue to be told by a lot of different platforms outside of here. Uh, again, thank you so much for making time with us. I want to just real quickly take a minute or two to talk to our listeners. And, you know, obviously I mentioned the website before we went to break, get SAVA.com. If they're looking at the website, you know, where should they go and take a look at? What should they be pointed out to? 
And obviously, we see stories being you're you're being asked for things all the time. You obviously uh, saw somebody wanted to record and, and get words from you. So, how can we continue to hear the story of Sava? Hear about what more of what you're doing, and you know what they should be able to learn more once they go to the website. Yeah. So I would say, you know, something great, signing up for our email list is a great way to stay up to speed with both what we're doing and also get education. It's not just um, about sales and products. We love to highlight the stories of the other founders we work with. That's a really important part of who we are and our identity. And so that's something else. In addition to seeing the products on our site, you can look at our educational section and see the different blog posts um, and the different partners we've worked with to make understanding cannabis quite digestible, as well as um, we have brand pages for every single company that we work with. And you can learn about how a company got started and their origin story, which I think, you know, brings so much value. Again, there's a lot of people with stories like me that have come to the space. I mean, that's why a lot of us are in it because we really believe in it. So I would check out those things on our site in addition to our marketplace. And again, signing up for our email list is the best way to stay connected with us. That's wonderful. Thank you again, really, for sharing your story and really giving your expertise in a lot of different issues here. And uh, I wish you all the best. And um, hopefully we'll go and connect very soon down the line. Thank you. I had such a pleasure. Uh, Our pleasure was also very mutual. Thank you again. Uh, Folks, again... Thank you again for joining us here on our this edition of Blunt Business, which is presented by the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th. Go to USCCExpo.com and learn about all this that's going to be going on once you come to the show, because I know you're going to come. Doctors, join us Friday, August 2nd for our physician training and certification program. Take the exam to become a certified medical marijuana physician. Patients, join us throughout the weekend. See a medical doctor for evaluation so you can quickly and easily get your medical marijuana card. We'll also feature education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, and a very interactive exhibit space. It all awaits you. It's open to the public. The 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 3rd and 4th. It's just days away in Miami, Florida. Log on now to usccexpo.com. Secure your tickets today. Thanks again for joining us here on Pump Business. You can find past episodes by going to cannabisradio.com. Download the show and subscribe to it from Apple Podcasts. Please rate, review, give us a big five stars. Thanks to those of you that have already done so. We hope you'll continue to give that support. Also find us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.